Hey everyone, welcome to season two of Dee's Diary. Yay! <laughs> Everybody's got a story. One that has molded them into who they are. So here's my story. Us and downs, good and bad. Take from it. Whatever lessons you choose And if it doesn't pertain Just leave it Come listen me As I share my diary Cause this is D's Diary D's Diary D's Diary I'm so excited to start another season and I just want to tell you all thank you for tuning in and for listening to season one. I really appreciate and I'm so humbled by all of the feedback I received and you know every time I log in to check um, where everyone's listening in from it's so amazing to just see the list of countries um, where people are listening in from and just the United States alone, just all the different states in which people are listening from. We have over thousands of downloads from season one's podcast. And like I said, I'm just so humbled and I feel so blessed to have been, um, to have had the opportunity to just take a leap of faith and just start podcasting last year. As you all may be aware, September 2nd of this year, 2021, made it one year of Dee's Diary. So I just appreciate you all for being a part of this journey. Um, Season two's episode starts um, next week. We'll have the first episode of season two for the childhood series. And we'll have the first episode of season two for the adulthood series but before any of the um, series begin at the beginning of each of the first episodes I'll be sure to do a recap of season one because I know it's been a while um, I'm excited for season two to begin we're gonna have the opportunity to discuss um, some really important topics I know in season one I spoke of how you know I had had a time in life where I just had gone through a lot you know I was in the transition in my life you know from one career to the next starting school and it was just a very interesting phase and I spoke about how I went through some really dark times and stuff like that and we're going to cover that in season two so we're going to talk about topics such as mental health you know anxiety fear panic attacks just Emptiness, loneliness, healing, you know, courage, victory, overcoming, you know, um, God, faith, you know, just a whole bunch of topics. So I'm really excited, and especially the kind of year we had last year in 2020. You know, those are a lot of topics because with the pandemic, a lot more people experienced a high level of anxiety and, and fear and worry and, you know, all the above. 
And oftentimes when we go through things that such, we don't often uh, find the time to discuss it. So, you know, people have a tendency to feel like they're the only ones who have ever experienced that or, you know, dealt with um, those things. So I'm just excited for us to get a chance to talk about it. So let's go ahead and get started with today's episode. Today's episode is going to be a dedication episode. And I'm dedicating this episode to my dad, who um, unfortunately I lost June 22nd of this year, June 22nd, 2021. I'm just going to speak about some memories of the years I had with my dad, um, what the grieving process has been like, I guess anything else that comes to mind as I'm speaking. So I guess sometime at the beginning of June, you know, I had uh, texted my dad and I would check on him, see how his day was going, and he told me he wasn't feeling well. So I asked him what was wrong, and he said, you know, his chest felt, you know, a little tight. He was just going to go to the hospital and see what was going on. So that same day he got ready, he went to the hospital, he called me from there. And, you know, he said they just said he had a little chest infection and they were going to deal with it. And, you know, he was going to be back home. So I guess the situation got worse and, you know, he had to stay in the hospital a little longer. And within a period of three weeks, my dad was gone. I was at my sister's house when our aunt gave this a call. I had... um driven to Maryland so that my sister and I could try to, you know, go to Liberia because that's where my dad was to try to see how we can help to see what we could do because, you know, the situation seemed like it was getting worse. So my aunt had given us a call and she was like, hey, are you all on your way to the airport? And my sister was like, yeah, you know, I'm just getting my last bag and whatnot. And, you know, we're going to head to the airport. So she said, don't head to the airport. I'm on my way to Maryland. Your dad didn't make it. And as those words left her mouth, you know, I I started walking backward um, towards the door. It's like my, my mind, my brain, everything was shutting down. And I kept shaking my head. I was like, no. No, 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 no. And I kept walking backwards. And it's like, as soon as her statement hit my head and my brain comprehended what she said, I was already out the front door and I just fell in the hallway and I just started screaming. I just, I couldn't process that level of pain. I didn't know how to think. I didn't know how to feel. I just felt like, at that moment, I was just about to lose my mind and just, I really can't even put into words what I felt. Like I was just screaming. I just, it's like my brain couldn't even process that someone was telling me that I would never see my dad again. Like my dad, one of the closest people to me. So I called my pastor up. I said, please pray for me because I feel like I'm about to lose my mind. And he started 
praying and I told him I said we just lost our dad and all he could say was oh I'm so sorry and he started praying I went back in the house I was still crying my sister was just on the floor um crying since it was only she and I at the house at the time and I just felt like my mind was just leaving me I couldn't even process what was going on and it's like my mind was getting so overwhelmed and I started hyperventilating I couldn't even I couldn't even breathe and right at that time my brother had called me and when I picked up the phone it's like I was trying to gasp for air and all I heard him say was oh no and he hung up the phone and me and my sister were just crying and you know um, right in that time I guess my uh, younger sister had gotten the news and she had called us I guess she was on her way to the house and I met her downstairs and we were just crying like you know the truth is I no matter what I explain on this recording there will never be enough words to truly describe that level of pain it's like someone just goes in your heart and just yanks the whole thing out and this cloud just comes over your head and I just I just couldn't think you know I just couldn't think I couldn't feel I couldn't process my mind just kept thinking about like I just talked to my dad I just video chatting him I just spent the whole year with him last year. You know, everyone started coming to the house and, you know, saying I have my sympathy, saying everything, but physically I was sitting there and I was responding. Mentally, I don't know where I was. And I was like dealing with such a high level of anxiousness. Like I, I couldn't sleep, you know, I had gotten, um, I had taken some medications. I wasn't sleeping, and so I added more to it. And I just, I was just wide awake until I saw, you know, the sun come up, and then I would go to sleep for a few hours. Throughout the whole day, my mind would just be replaying that, that phone call. And, you know, I would just, I couldn't see a picture of my dad. I couldn't, I didn't want to hear nobody talk about him. I just, I didn't even know how to function. And I just kept saying to God, I was like, Father God, I don't know if I'm going to make it. Like, I don't know if I'm going to make it. And so, um, you know, because it was, because he had passed away overseas and there was a lot going on at the time. You know, everyone had a plan to go over there, have a quick funeral and come back and, you know, have a, memorial service here for him so you know um, I didn't get a chance to go um, overseas so some of my siblings went and some of us stayed here and you know they had a funeral and we were watching it live here and I was just so numb I you know the whole quick little service happened and as soon as they brought the camera 
to the um to the coffin um even though the, you know it was closed as soon as my as soon as my mind realized that um like it was my dad in there I just couldn't take it I was watching the um I was watching the service with my youngest sister and uh and my aunt and as soon as the camera turned towards the coffin for them to you know exit the church I just ran out the house you know it was real at that moment it was real I just didn't know how to process it you know I, I hadn't been sleeping for about that whole week or a week and a half you know my my blood pressure skyrocketed you know I was just my heart was just palpitating I just felt like I was about to lose my mind I was just so quiet I couldn't process that level of pain you know I've I've lost people in life and every loss hurts but to lose your parents to lose your dad one of the closest people to you is a pain that um you can't even put into words and half the time when people ask you how do you feel the only thing you can tell them is fine because you just don't have the words for it and i was just so anxious i just felt like i was gonna have a panic attack like throughout the day i just wanted to lay there that's just how I felt when you just feel like your mind is going to shut off. You know, I was laying on the couch and I went in the bathroom and closed the door. And I just felt like I was about to fall on the floor and just break down and cry. And as soon as I put my head down, it's like in my spirit, I just felt, you know, the Bible verse that says, Weeping made door for a night, but joy comes in the morning. And it's like as soon as I felt that, I just kind of lifted my head and looked in the mirror. And I was just like, Father God, I'm going to need you to make it through this one. Because this level of pain, I just don't even know what to do. Like I said, I still wasn't sleeping. My blood pressure was getting, you know, really high. I actually hadn't checked it, but my heart was palpitating so much. And then my, you know, vision started becoming blurry. That's actually what made me, um, uh, go check my pressure so when I checked it it was sky high I called one of my cousin I was like hey can you please take me to the ER because you know uh, my blood pressure reading is this and you know I'm, my eyes are um, really blurry so she took me to the ER and they were, um, the doctor was like hey you need to like what's going on and I explained the situation he was like yeah that's you know like that's traumatic like that's serious he said, but you need to calm down. He said, because right now, your blood pressure is like at a level of a stroke or heart attack. And if you don't, you know, try to calm down and breathe, you know, you're putting yourself at risk. And so I, you know, I explained to him, I was like, I can't sleep. I, I just can't process this pain, you know, this pain. I'm so anxious. And, you know, I had told him I was taking some meds to try to go to sleep. That weren't prescriptions. So he had told me, you know, just stop taking those. We can give you some 
prescription meds to try to go to sleep and you know calm you down because when you don't get rest you know your heart is uh you know overworking so i went home and i took the meds and everything and you know for a few days you know i went to sleep and i just kept praying i was like god please help me because the thing about loss is even though you know it's inevitable we're all going to experience it. When it happens, it destroys you. It like breaks you all the way down. You know, just because something's inevitable, it doesn't mean it hurts any less. I can remember, you know, one night I prayed to God. I was like, Father God, you didn't create me to just be taking medications to go to sleep. I said, I don't want to keep taking medications because my brain isn't able to process this pain. I said, since you're God, and I know you're God, and I've seen what you've done in my life in the past, I need you to show up. And like your word says, we've been made endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. And that you will never leave me nor forsake me. I need you to show up. Because if you don't show up, I know I won't make it out of this one. And you know, I just... I don't know if it was in the middle of praying or whatever cases, you know, I just, you know, started doing some praise and worship. I was actually with my younger sister and we both just kind of singing some worship songs and just kept praying and, you know, and I went to sleep. I told myself, I said, so now I'm not taking anything to go to sleep. And I, you know, when we were done singing, I lay down in bed and I don't know how long it was later, but I fell asleep. And I said to myself, you know, that's day one. And then, you know, the next day I went to sleep and so on and so forth. And I hadn't had to take it since. You know, um, I couldn't process living on this earth without my dad for as long as I've existed he's always been there and I just didn't know how to you know accept the fact that I won't see him again physically on this earth you know and every time I was sitting down just thinking about him I always imagined him me just holding his hands when I was younger even as an adult when you're about to cross the street you know just the way he would grab my hands <laughs> You know, as if I wasn't old enough to look left or right, no matter what our differences were. You know, we could always talk things through. There was no one on this earth who I felt loved me more than my dad. Whether we disagreed, whether I didn't listen to an advice. In season one, I spoke a lot about, you know, moving around a lot when I was younger. But all that moving around included my dad you know when I first came to the states the next year I had to leave and I went back with my dad and I remember I was so sad because my you know older sister and my younger brother were back in the states and I remember one day I was so sad I was asking my dad like you know why did I have to leave and you know I just I just really felt I don't really know what I felt but I remember he gave me a hug. He said, ah. he always used to say, like, my child, you know. 
That's how he talks to his children. He's like, oh, my child, come here, let me give you a hug. Or he's like, my child, don't worry about that. I'll always be here. And then we just went and watched some movies and laughed. <laughs> Most of my memories as a child included my dad, you know? Whether it's us singing together or him giving me advice. It's like no matter what state I moved to, what duty station I was at, he always showed up. Every graduation, every event, even though he would have to go back and forth overseas in here. I spent almost all of my high school year with my dad in Liberia. I can remember this one time, I don't know if it was like a school dance or a, I don't remember what it was. And I had to get my hair done, and my dad was like, come here, I can do your hair. <laughs> and he does these two pigtails and, like, slaps grease all over my hair. And he's like, okay, you know, you can go to your dance. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my goodness, this looks terrible. I can't go in the street looking like that. You know, he just burst out laughing. And one of his friends was like, yo, call the... Because they had these people um, at the end of the road um, when you go all the way down the street who did hair. So they were like, call one of those um, women to come to the house so they can fix up her hair because she can't go in the, you know, in the public or in the street like that. So they came and fixed my hair. He was just, you know, laughing. He was like, well, I tried, you know. And I went to my, to my dance and came back. He was like, how was it? I was like, it was fun. It was, you know, I just, we just talked about it and we just watched the movies. You know, every Saturday when I was younger and I, you know, first went to Liberia, him and his friends would like play basketball together, you know, so Saturday morning, go get ready, go to the gym and he'll be running around the court <laughs> and, he, you know, him and his friends would just be like laughing and, you know, at the end of the day. It really hurts. Honestly, what has really helped in this grieving process is having faith that not only is my dad in a better place, but he has peace. You know, he, he really does. He's not dealing with all the stuff that the rest of us have to still deal with in life, you know? And somebody asks, like, what do you mean? You know, life is beautiful. Life is full of adventure and love and all the above but life is also hard it's full of struggles uncertainties pain that's what you know all of us deal with on this side he's resting he doesn't have to deal with that and not only that but you know oftentimes when we lose someone you know our mind wants to get angry at god and be like how can you be God when you let this happen and all this and whatnot? But you know what's so interesting is that God is still faithful. And let me share a few things with you all. My dad always comes back and forth uh, from the States to Liberia, you know. Last year, he was supposed to come in March or so. And I think he ended up coming in February, earlier than expected. And when he got here, that's when 
They shut down all the airports. They shut down everything. And last year, he spent the whole year with us. All the holidays we wouldn't normally get to celebrate with him. You know, the events like his birthday or Father's Day or, you know, whatever the case is, uh, Memorial Day, my sister's birthday, uh, my younger brother's birthday. Like, all the events when he's on when he was on that side in Liberia that we wouldn't get to celebrate. We celebrated everything with him. And as you all know, um, when I started the podcast last year, I told you all that I got a chance to interview my dad last year. You know, over seven hours of recordings of him telling him about, you know, our history, his parents, him as a kid, you know, me and my siblings as kids, just the history in full detail. I mean, we all were, uh, what is it, stranded in the house. We couldn't go anywhere anyway. So we just got to sit for hours and just build memories. And some can say, oh, it's a coincidence that, you know, you all hung out the year before you passed. But at the end of the day, I feel it's it was God's blessing, you know, God knowing everything that's to come, knowing what's going to happen this year, granted us, you know, one last final year with our dad to build all those memories, to get all those recordings, all those video recordings of us singing karaoke and laughing and hanging out. And because last year, my dad could have you know, stayed in Liberia extra month and he wouldn't have gotten a chance to spend the whole you know, practically the whole year with us last year because then he would have been locked out the country I just thank God for that opportunity to have just hang out with my dad you know, and the truth is some days are better than others some days I listen to all the recordings I have of my dad and I laugh and smile and I just you know feel so blessed and I just tell God thank you I'm like thank you for giving me you know 31 years with my dad so that he can celebrate those graduations or those events or be a part of all of that you know, some people don't even get a chance to celebrate anything with their dads or their dad didn't make it, you know, to live long. Or a lot of people lost their dad in the Liberian Civil War that you all are aware of that I shared in um, that I shared in season one. You know, but he made it out of war and we got to just experience his love, his laughter, his wisdom, his advice and that's a blessing, you know, so there's no regrets. Some days that reality brings comfort and other days, you know, knowing that even though I can listen to the recordings and everything, but I just won't see his phone call show up on my phone again and or him texting me some song he wants me to learn so he and I can sing it together or he's not going to take a flight to come back to the States. Those are the days that are sometimes hard, you know, but the fact that it matters all part of the grieving process. 
You know, grieving is the one thing, like you have to go through it all. You know, out of love, people will call to say, hey, I hope all is well with you. You're my prayers. God got you, all this stuff. You know, because the fact of the matter is when people are going through pain, other people just really, they don't know what to say. They they want to be there for you. They want to make sure you're okay. But there's so much anyone else can do. But the rest of this, we have to do it. We have to feel that emptiness. We have to deal with that reality that in this life we won't see that person again. And some of the things we have to deal with, it hurts. You know, it crushes our souls. It like puts us in a state of shock over and over and over again, you know? And it's not it's not always beautiful. But it has to happen. Because no matter who loves us in life, who wishes the best for us, there's no one who's able to just go in our mind and take away the pain or go in our heart and take away the pain. Like, no one has that power to do it. We just have to, like, hold on to God and be like, God, this is painful. You know, I need your strength to make you through this one. I need your wisdom. I need your heart. Because other than that, the only thing everyone can do is just call to check up on us or try to give, you know, words of comfort. But, you know, that's all. You know, grieving hurts. You know, when someone's grieving, they still have to go back in the real world and work and get things done. But it doesn't mean they don't have days that are dark, you know, darker than other days. It don't mean they don't have nights where they can't sleep it don't mean you know that just because they smile they don't have days that they cry but that's part of grieving and grieving also means there are days where you genuinely laugh and smile and are happy and go to sleep like a baby and you know get work done and all of that so it's not one without the other it's just both the happy days and the sad days, learning how to coexist and you being okay with that. So I'll just keep taking it one day at a time. And I know that I won't be grieving for the rest of my life. Neither me nor my family will miss our dad for the rest of our lives. We'll think of him for the rest of our lives. You know, his memories will live with us for the rest of our lives. But like the Bible says, weeping may endure for night, but joy comes in the morning. And that's a promise worth holding on to because loss is inevitable. Death is inevitable. Pain is inevitable. But just because we're guaranteed to experience them, it doesn't mean, you know, there isn't beauty on the other side. You know, so to my dad, I just say, Thank you, Daddy, for being so present. Thank you for being so forgiving. Thank you for always showing up. You know, thank you for making me feel safe in a world that can be so chaotic. Thank you for your willingness to give me advice over and over and over and over. Even if it's the same advice, <laughs> I don't take it. 
the first time or the second time. Thank you for listening. Thank you for always calling me on my birthday and for celebrating every event in my life. Even if you're thousands of miles away, thank you for sitting with me last year and just sharing the whole history of our family. Thank you for fighting for us and protecting us during the war, for doing all you could to make sure we had a better life. I know I won't get a chance to give you a hug again in this life, but thank you for all those big bear hugs. I'm glad you're resting, and I know... He has such a strong faith in God and that you're in a better place. Rest in peace and uh, your memories will live on for as long as I exist on planet Earth. And may God give us all the strength uh, and the resource to finish some of the dreams you had. They didn't get a chance to, but you lived a full life and you touched so many lives. And it's such an honor and pleasure to just hear all the memories people have with you and how grateful they are to you for showing up for them. I'll miss you, love you, until we meet again. Daddy-o, I wanted to um, share one of the recordings I have of my dad with you all. And um, here it is. And um, I thank you all for taking the time to tune into this uh, episode of Dee's Diary. Take a message to Mary, but don't tell her where I am. Take a message to Mary, but don't say I am in a jail. You can tell her I had to see the world. You can tell her that my ships I see. You can say she better not wait for me. Please don't take your life, young one. So please don't take your life away Cause God is on your side You have to keep on passing She's got a ticket I think she's gonna use it The freedom tree is coming free Can you get the whistle blowing? Time to get the ticket to get on board it's time for all your feelings to get on the tunnel train. And that's the real good song. I want to reach you, make his mother goodbye before God takes her away. Let me record it. So tell me your story about God and what makes you believe and some testimonials. Jesus is the sweetest name I know. He always gets a see. Praise his holy name. That is the reason why I love him so. Jesus is the sweetest name I know. My God, my God has always been my guidance. From life start to today and tomorrow. I was born in a home in Episcopalian with my parents. We all went to Sunday school, to church. We were trained in loving God, believing God, and we saw miracles being worked out. Over the years, God had taught me a lot. God had taught me to believe. God had made me 
that everything I do, I must put in first. My children today, their survival, they're not being sick, all that because of the promise of God. I talk to God every night. He made a promise, and that promise I believe. That I will see you through. That no weapon against me or your children or your siblings shall prosper in the name of Jesus. My hope is built on nothing else but Jesus. No matter how difficult it may seem, He's guiding me through everything in this world. And I believe because if I start to tell you the goodness of God, we're not finished the next week. Every day God shows me that God has mercy on me. Compassion. And as I reveal those things, people see them in reality that God talks to me in everything that I do. Even before I take a trip, before I get into my car, before I sleep, before I leave my office, I ask Him to guide me, take the wheel, protect me. It's just so good. He has shown me the way. He put me in a position to help other people. But thank God. And the story continues. I did everything for your survival, for all of you, for everything. But I'm seeing this, you see. You're my children, I just gotta encourage you. When you put your mind to what you wanna do, I pray for your night, I pray for your morning. That's the only thing I can tell you. Just ask God for stability, Lord, thank you. And just take him that he had done those things that he asked for. Just take him, because I got peace. Record show. I took 